the more I let my child help me with things, even if I don't want her help, mm-hmm. which is really hard for me sometimes, especially cooking. <laughs> but she has just like found this love for helping in the kitchen. Really? And it can be frustrating because there's a chair in the middle of the room and you're trying to go from the sink to the stove to the fridge and you're working with knives and heat and it's really hard to have a child in that setting, Mm -hmm. but she just loves it so much. Welcome back to the interview podcast on the Why Millbank Podcast Network from Millbank, South Dakota. This is Craig Weinberg. WhyMillbank.com is our website. If you have any questions or comments, you can contact us there. If you want to help support the show, there's a donate button on the podcast page. Everything is appreciated and welcomed. If you have a story to tell, send us a message there. If you want to send us an email, whymillbank at gmail.com is our email address. Today on the show, Brittany Polin of BlossomSD.com is with us to talk about early childhood uh, education and uh, what it means to raise the little ones in today's society. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoy it. Let's get right into the show. Brittany Poland, you have a, a love and passion for uh, children. Yes, and they're learning. Yep. So that's kind of where I mean. Well, let, let's start there. How did you um, start? <laughs> How did you start liking children so much? Okay. So, growing up, my mother owned her own childcare center. So like I just a, a like a <clears throat> newborn to school age yep, daycare. Yep. Sit. Okay. Um. So just all ages, all in the same room, um, for full days while their parents were at work. Um. So I would get there early, early in the morning before school, help take care of the kids. And then after school, if they were still there when I was done with um, practice, whatever sport that was, I would help again. So, <laughs> And you, uh, you've liked going back to that. Yes. And I've babysat for many, many people over the years. And there's plenty of kids in my family. I have a lot of older cousins. So kind of like my prime middle school, high school mm-hmm. age, they had little ones. So I've always always kind of been around children. Um, there's just something so fun and innocent about them that you can pretty much do <laughs> anything to make them laugh or like you're just so interesting and it doesn't matter what you do. So <laughs> they're fascinating. And you have a couple children of your own now. Yes, I have two girls. McKenna is nine months old and Harper is three years old. And they're busy. <laughs> is are your own children different than the children that you grew up around? Yes, because we're all a little weird around our parents, I think, and we're all <laughs> a little hard to, you know, parent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely have experienced that. It's much easier to take care of other people's children than your own. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It just I think the kids know what's going on, and they just have this extra comfort when they're with parents, so they have a lot more meltdowns. and. So they behave better away from the parents? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Do you think that's a good thing? Because you have education in early childhood development. Yes, I have a bachelor's in early childhood education. Um, My specialty is birth to eight, which means eight years old, Hmm. which typically comes out to be about third grade. Okay. And what's the focus of that? 
Um, so my main focus in school um, was the development of the brain of the child. Why do they do what they do? How can we set up their environment to help further their knowledge? Um, so it starts really, really young. And as you get into school age, things start to change a little bit. Um, but my favorite part is pretty much when they're five and younger. Um, and they're just so curious. They see something and they want to make something out of it or play with it. Or like, it's really hard to hold kids back in certain areas and it's, they just have this love for learning. So, Where, Did you work in the school system at all? I trained. It was part of my schooling, mm -hmm. um, but I, it was not my first job out of school, which <laughs> I'm kind of taking my own little path. So there's elementary education Mm -hmm. And then there's early childhood education. So in my mind, those two sound similar, but are very different. Um, I didn't picture myself being in a school setting, um, like the K through K through 12 setting. I prefer the preschool child care setting where they're very little and you get to kind of mold them, mold them, help them develop. <laughs> yes. Yep. <clears throat> Do you, in your, I guess, experience, do you see the system, the school systems, as a hindrance, just the, the structure of them, um, to that development um, and allowing exploration and, you know, the, mm -hmm. it, if, if the joys are seeing children explore everything? Do you see that as a as a, uh, a a viable part of the system, or uh, is the the structure of the system um, fighting against that? Um, that's a tough question because obviously I grew up in a traditional education setting mm -hmm. where it's very structured. You went grade to grade, and um. You were assigned, you were given assignments. Um, and so when they're younger, I mean, it's hard to get kids to just sit in their desk, learn this, learn that. When they just have that need to get up, move around, explore things with their hands. I mean, we're all, we all know that we're different learners, mm -hmm. visual learners, audio learners, hands-on learners. So we're aware of that. And yet we still kind of put everyone in this little area and have them do all the same things so um it does get to a point where it's just very structured mm -hmm. um, and we kind of lose that free feeling that kids need in order to keep learning because they're just they're intrinsically motivated <laughs> to learn all of the things yeah. and in some ways we hold them back i think but it's very controversial. <laughs> it, it, it really is. It's a touchy subject yeah. for parents, educators, because mm -hmm. we're all just trying to do our best. We're all just mm -hmm. trying to be there for our children and help them. <laughs> Who is the best suited to educate their children? Your children? Children in general? We are. our par The parents. <laughs> we're is their that... first educator. <laughs> yeah. And... Is that a uh, a sentiment that is understood by all i hope so i hope <laughs> that parents know that they are the best learner question. for I'm the sorry. child no you're fine <laughs> i hope that parents know that 
whatever they are doing in whatever way is beneficial for their child. Mm-hmm. There, There's going to be so many people in your child's lives that will influence them and your children will learn from so many different people that you just feel confident in what you're doing and educate yourself as a parent and just keep trying to move the needle forward and give them experiences. I mean, it's it sounds easy, but it's definitely not. <laughs> Now that I've gone through all of my education, mm-hmm. gone through my training, I can 100% say that now that I'm a parent, it makes everything so much harder because it's easy to be in that school setting and help other people's children and then they leave for the day and they don't get all of the extra mm-hmm. chores at home and the things that parents have to worry about, keeping the house afloat and... There's all these stressors in life, so it definitely is more difficult for the for the parent themselves. Let's just keep digging down the hole. Um, <laughs> is, should homework ever follow the child home? I I don't agree with homework, so I would say no. And that is why because they are at school for. However many hours a day, seven plus hours. Full-time job. Full-time job. And then you want them to come home where home should be free. Home should be relaxing, comforting, family time. And then you you want them to focus on math, algebra. I mean, just whatever it is. And it, it sounds like it would be helpful, but I think children, they need that mental break. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, during the day... I mean, recess only goes up to a certain age group, and that is the brain break that children need. They need to just be free. I mean, we all need a break. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We all just need to go for a walk and take a moment and refresh ourselves. And so I think home should be more family-focused or just more focused on what the child wants instead of continuing the school at home. Especially for the little, little ones. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so in the the news today, Mm -hmm. you know, the the current presidential administration uh, under Biden is they're pushing really heavily for uh, like uber early pre-K for all, which starts at three. Okay. Um, What is your thought on that? Because their their claim is something along the lines that children uh, are, are better... Uh, they're going to perform better if they can get in the system at an earlier age. Which, you know, if if we believe <clears throat> that the parents are the primary educator. Yes. Then that seems to go against that thought process. You know, to for the, the, the system mm-hmm. to say we need the children earlier to make sure that they're successful. That kind of says parents aren't able to do it. We're going to do it. So I totally get where you're coming from. That's It's a tough balance. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that when I learned in school, 85% of brain development for your child happens by age three. Mm-hmm. So by the time they get to preschool at three or four, they are already set in their ways. They have learned what they're going to learn, and then it will grow from there. But 85% of brain development happens by age three. So 
it's such a sensitive time period for children that I am always pushing for younger preschool. But on the flip side of hey, that... But what does that look like? That's not... I mean, is that like a structured class time preschool? No, that is like focused on play mm-hmm. and exploration. And that's not that's not sit down and here's what we're going to learn today. That's That is just letting them freely move their body in a classroom that supports what they need. So, and I still think at that age it should be half days or just a few days a week. That should not be an all-the-time thing. Um, but most children are in daycare because their parents work. So their their main influence is their parents, but then they're also being sent somewhere right. else. So right. if they are going to be sent somewhere else, it's preferred that it's more of a educational setting rather than a free play setting, I guess. Or an iPad. But that gets very tricky. <laughs> yeah. Or an iPad, yes. <laughs> so it gets very tricky along the lines of like, Childcare centers are wonderful and they serve as like the next educator next to a parent mm-hmm. because they are with them so much. So is this just the result of Western society that has kind of placed an emphasis on two income families are a necessity nowadays? And and, and so th- this is just the, the direct consequence of that. So it, it's not maybe nefarious. It just... This is life now, so this is what we have to adapt to. Yes, I feel I feel like it's very common in the Midwest for both parents mm-hmm. in the household to work. Um, however, <laughs> I am a stay-at-home, work-from-home mom now, but that is I'm one year into that, mm-hmm. um, and that was never the intention. <laughs> Why? Um, I just always pictured myself working. Both of my parents worked. Everyone in my family worked. So it was just something that I had ingrained in me that I was going to go and have this regular job and my kids would go to daycare and that was that. So sometime in college, I decided that I wanted to go my own way (laughs) (laughs) and started trying to figure out what I was interested in, in. And I just felt like... I wasn't going to fit in with a job. I didn't want to just go here and do this all day long, come home and take care of all the family things, and have weekends. Mm -hmm. And then weekends get filled with all of the things. So I wanted a little bit more flexibility in my life, but I still wanted an education. I still wanted something that I could pour myself into that wasn't just my family, but I wanted it to be a little bit more part-time family part-time work so I've still trying to figure out that balance and I don't know if people ever get it figured out because becoming an entrepreneur does not necessarily mean that you work less or work freely it's oh no you work more you work more (laughs) it's just a little bit more what you enjoy it's for you it's for you yes and it's normally something you're passionate about yes and that that changes the game the when it's you know because you know I've been in business for Geez, 17 years now for myself, 17 or 18. I forget. Um, and I don't know if I could do it any other way. Mm-hmm. And part of it is uh, it allows us the freedom to do the things that we are passionate about and we love. And both my wife and I, we do this together. I mean, she doesn't work a job. We, we, this is our job. Yes. is our studio and our family and all the things we do. Um, but it doesn't. <laughs> you can't turn it off. 
And and so <clears throat> you have to be willing to marry the thing. And yes. so it becomes an integral part of of your your life and who you are. It's fascinating. We our 16th anniversary is this week. Congrats. And thank you. Um and so last week we went just took a week to go. Yes, away I saw that. <laughs> for a minute. Um, <clears throat> which we haven't done that ever. And so we thought, "Oh, we'll try it." And we're down there and we're like, "Okay, what are we doing? We're bored." You know, yep. it's fun to sit in the sand, but what's the... It's constant. Yeah. It, yeah. And so half the time, which isn't a bad thing, you know, we're strategizing and talking about where we're going to go and what we're doing next with our business and the, the things we want to do. Um, and what we kind of like landed on as the reason that eh, maybe this isn't as fun as everyone makes it out to be for us is because we're together all the time and we like that. And so it's not like we have to get away to be together. And so our getting away, we almost want to go get away and, and explore with people. Yeah. You know, because that's something we don't get to do very often. And I think that that is not normal in our society when you do have two people that have to go to their separate jobs from nine to five, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's a totally different mindset to work for yourself and to grow. Yes. And you're just into I'm just... The, the baby waters of it. But yes. But it sounds like it's something that you love and are passionate about. I love it so much. So I make sensory kits for children and I'm... That sounds kind of voodoo. Break that down. I know. <laughs> when I explain it to people, they're, they just I get a weird look and then I'm weird because <laughs> I don't know how to describe it to someone who literally <laughs> has no clue what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Um, so we all know what our senses are, you know, taste, touch, smell, hear, all the things. Not There's all. There's a sixth one. There's a sixth <laughs> one. <laughs> um, so it's just a, it's, um, an activity box that incorporates mostly all of those senses. Mm-hmm. I don't encourage the taste one. That, is that strictly for a safety <laughs> That is a safe, protocol. yes, yeah, safety protocol. <laughs> um, I encourage that at mealtime. Yeah. That's about the mm-hmm. only time. Um, water play is the only safe taste one that I mm. would recommend, but it is an activity, activity in a box, usually a, a, it's a theme. So I have ocean construction, um, dinosaur, you name it. I'm just trying to get the child's interests into this box and then let them go from there. So, um, it has some sort of a base that is fun to touch. That gets their tactile senses going, and that's usually kinetic sand, dried colored rice. Um, you do all that work yourself? Yes. Prepping? Yes. So yep. you're like a chemist in the basement. Yes, I'm <laughs> mixing all of the colors to make my rice. And <laughs> Most sensory kits incorporate Play-Doh, and that is my next venture, so... I'm what I've, do you mean? I've like been, making it? Oh, yes, Are making you my creating own creating stuff. Yes, Ooh. <laughs> so I've been making my own Play Doh since December actually and mm-hmm. trialing it. And that way, I can say, you know, it's good for three plus months, mm-hmm. whatever that might be. Um, so I'm still in the stages of testing it out. My daughter tests it out with me, she's my little <laughs> guinea pig for everything. Uh, she tells me what I'm missing and what I did wrong and what she doesn't like. So and how old is she? <laughs> She's three. <Excellent>. Um, <laughs> she just she knows what she wants and she tells me and I I try to run with it. So she and- was actually the the main reason that I um kind of switched things up and 
started to be an entrepreneur and she was my main focus. So she was, I think, 14 months at the time when I decided to leave my previous job and just kind of go into it full force, which was opening a indoor play center. Oh, you had like a, a storefront? Yes. This is, of course, all pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic. So I... In in what town? In Mitchell. Mitchell, South Dakota. Okay. Yes. So it was an indoor developmental play center, and the activities were free to... Or it, was, it was all free play. So mm-hmm. I had a tiny town, which you could go and be a vet. You or could Godzilla. Be... <laughs> stomp around the place. <laughs> I'm sure children pretended to be Godzilla at one point. Their imaginations are awesome. <laughs> So you could be a chef at the diner, you could be a veterinarian, you could um, take care of babies at the little baby center. And then I had a gross motor gym, which is just the monkey bars, the slide, climbing up the rock wall. Mm -hmm. And then I had what was called the sensory room, where I would have a giant table that (laughs) was kind of like a big bucket. And I would put different sensory activities in there with water beads dried rice, mm-hmm. all of the things that I'm making now in a smaller version because COVID. <laughs> I opened my storefront six months before COVID hit. Oh, man. So. <clears throat> so what did that do mentally for you? Like when, when that happened? Because it's a big deal. You invest, you take the time, you, you do all the work to get your spot rolling. Yes. And then now we're not supposed to be there. Yep. What happened? Um, it was, it was hard. It, it almost made me feel like, what am I doing? (laughs) I should have stayed at my comfortable job Mm -hmm. where I made X amount of dollars every single week and everything was fine. I didn't see my family very often, but it was fine. (laughs) It was comfortable. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so it, I don't, it was really, it made me question a lot of things and the the only thing I'll say that brought me a little bit of comfort with COVID, with having to be home, was that I was newly pregnant um, right in the thick of COVID. I mm. was three months along when it hit, and doctors didn't really know what to do with pregnant people. So stay home, take care of yourself, just do you. Mm-hmm. And that was really hard at first, <laughs> but then I became more comfortable with the idea um of just trying to worry about my mm-hmm. my baby. So my business was my baby. Then I had a new baby. So I had all these little <laughs> babies going on. <laughs> um, but I got to be home with my toddler a little bit more and put some of my education to work because mm-hmm. she had been going to daycare previously. Um, my idea was that she could just come to work with me and it would be this fun thing. But it just didn't work out like your mom. I'm you mom. Get, yeah. yeah. It was You're hard to be a business owner and a mom at the same time in front of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so she still did go to daycare and we had a wonderful daycare back in Mitchell. She, she focused on sensory play, pretend play, all of that imaginative play. So we were very thankful for that. But that's what transitioned me into making sensory kits was that I, I signed a lease at a building. Oh, no. So you had to use it for something. And so I had to use it for something, and I still had to pay for that space. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, I was still intending on opening back up, and I started making these sensory kits. At, what if I took that room that I had at my business and kids could take it home with them? Mm. That was my concept. So 
stayed up all hours of the night looking at everything online that I could possibly fit into this little box (laughs) and finding miniature flowers and mini buckets Mm -hmm. and all of the tiny things that I could find and turn it into a theme. Are you uh, unique in this field? In, in the country or the world, or is this something that's out there? You're just So this is actually a very new and popular thing mm-hmm. is sensory kits. Um, you type it into Google now, and you can just find all sorts of mm-hmm. sensory, sensory kits about any theme that you're thinking of. Um, but when I had first kind of came up with the idea, I didn't see other people's work. I was just trying to focus on what I was doing. And then as I started looking into it, I obviously started typing in sensory box, sensory Mm -hmm. whatever, and then things started to pop up. And it was kind of comforting in the fact that this wasn't just some random thing that I decided to start making, (laughs) that um, other people were doing it and people were loving it. So as parents, we, we want these experiences for our children, but sometimes we don't always want to take the time to make them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's where I come in. I'm the... I'm the helper of the parent, I like to think. (laughs) You don't want to make this activity. I will do that. (laughs) But you have to clean up the mess. Well, see, that's really nice of you. Here's a great (laughs) idea for your children at your house. At your house. You know, it's genius, really, if you think about it. Here's how to clean it up. You just grab a broom. Yes, (laughs) vacuum. That's not nice. I see you didn't buy the sensorykits.com web, web domain. So No, I still have my little <laughs> domain. Because no, that's much bigger. But as I'm an overthinker, so when I was coming up with mm-hmm. my email, my website, my domain, all of the things before I opened my business, I guess in all of the entrepreneur podcasts that I had listened to leading up to this, they, like, they said to just make it generic as possible because your business will shift so much Mm -hmm. so i'm thankful that i approached it in the way that i did because now i could just take the name of everything and it's Mm -hmm. it is what it is Mm -hmm. so it it is what i make it so so you are blossom i am blossom yes not the tv show no (laughs) which i did not even know that was a thing well you can't be that old until i'm standing at like the gas station pump and there's just this little thing that comes across i'm like wow what is that Oh, so it is your was your intent when you started to get to be national, or was it just in your little community of Mitchell? That's what you were going to do. It was just going to be in my community at the time, um, but I would post activities on Instagram, mm-hmm. and I would get people from all over the U.S. <laughs> so it really started like it started to feel good that I was motivating mm-hmm. people to kind of do this messy play with their child and they're in Kentucky like it just felt so cool to me so um I recently joined Etsy but before that it was just my website now I have both Mm. so I have a select number of toys on my website and then all of my kits in my Etsy shop are you in the the thought process of um like building and making and patenting your own pieces currently you know, it comes across my mind when I can't find what I'm looking mm-hmm. for. And then I have the thought of how in the heck do I make this myself? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or who? how can I get this into production type of thing? Yeah. Because um, I'm very picky. I like things to be to scale, re- very realistic mm-hmm. for children. So 
it is kind of hard to find what I'm looking for sometimes. And you need a workshop. <laughs> <laughs> Currently, that is my basement. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I think when people picture themselves like being an entrepreneur and having this like fun white space that's right. like clean and organized uh-huh. and. And then I'm in this like gross basement corner where I just had some extra space. (laughs) Making it work for now. Everyone starts somewhere. (laughs) The Google community space is not typical. Yes. Uh, You, excuse me, you used to um, jump over things in school, right? (laughs) Yes, I was a hurdler. What in the world? How did that start? Um... I don't, I'm sure. I mean, to me, it feels, it's like, I'm going to deliberately try to trip. So, That's what I would do. So. <laughs> I have tripped before, yes. Oh. But I grew up on a ranch, and so jumping fences was completely normal to me. It was what? like an Really? Act, it was an activity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fences aren't short. Well, no. I mean, you had to work your way over the <laughs> fence, but I mean, some of the barbed wire fences yeah? were shorter. Oh, don't miss on that one. I know. I've... <laughs> So I grew up on a ranch, jumping fences. Like cattle and, ranch or what? Yes, cattle ranch. Oh, so you a horse girl? Yes. Interesting. <laughs> horse, cattle, sheep. We recently just got rid of our sheep in the last few years, but we had them all growing up, and I loved them. <laughs> Little baby <laughs> lambs, feeding them bottles. <laughs> so it just was a natural progression to go run around a track and jumping. <laughs> yes, that's the. <laughs> Honestly, it was the the best feeling because just running straight is mm-hmm. not that much fun so yeah, i would agree with that <laughs> you get a little bit more feeling of accomplishment when you jump over mm-hmm. 15 plus items on your way to the finish line were so. you good i <laughs> can i brag of course no, totally that's what you're no one else is here to stop you <laughs> well i did get six that state one year my junior year and that was the best feeling ever wow. so my dad, I went in, placed, I was ranked eighth, mm-hmm. and my dad said, like, you've got this. If you can place better than eighth place, I will buy you new shoes. And I was like, well, sure. Done. Done. <laughs> <laughs> so I got six, then I got two new pairs of shoes. and just Wow. <laughs> uh, you guys recently moved to our town. Yes. Um, did that, l- looking on it now, what, it's been six months or so? More nine months? Less, How long has it been? No, less than four. What? We moved here at the end of January. Why did I think it was fall? All right. Well, How about that? The process <clears throat> started in the fall. Okay. So we moved here because of my husband's job. Mm-hmm. And obviously the job popped up in this past September, which is right around the time that I had to make a decision to close my business. So my it's lease kind of was fortuitous timing. <sighs> God really God <laughs> right. really worked his ways Absolutely. on us. I mean, I spent months and months praying and waiting and it's probably the hardest thing I've done besides opening a mm-hmm. business was figuring out what to do next. So lots of praying, waiting, and then this job popped up a couple of weeks before I needed to make a decision about closing my business or renewing it, renewing the lease, what I was gonna do. Um so yeah, it popped up and we went through the whole lengthy process of Zoom interviews, or mm-hmm. we, I should say my husband. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had a newborn baby to take care of, so we were we were busy and trying to figure out what we were going to do next. Um, but that led us to Millbank and we've loved it. 
We still love it. <laughs> well, good. We Four months in. <laughs> 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 Just moved into our house back in March, so we're getting settled, painting all the things. But Yes, I know what that's like. We've almost been a year in our house, so we're, we're still in that process, too. Um, yes. <clears throat> as you look forward into you know, where this is going, do you see yourself expanding um, into different things that, that would be all centered around different age levels of learning? Or is this kind of the thing you want to focus on and then figure it out later? So... It's funny that you ask that because I have some fun things in the works that I can't speak of yet, and I'm Lame. so sorry. <laughs> I can't spill the tea just yet, but I have some things. I mean, I'm not kidding when I say God really did put opportunities mm-hmm. in place here. Like I feel like he put friends in place here, opportunities. So just being here for not even four months, and That's I already cool. already have things in the works um, I would, like I said, I'm trying to expand into, into the Play-Doh mm-hmm. realm of things. So I plan to add a few things to my arena, but I'm waiting on a few community things to get started. Does, does food or diet, do you think, play into children's learning capabilities? 100%, yes. So... There's a lot of resources out there, but if parents don't know about them, mm-hmm. it's really hard to do better. So there are two pages on Instagram that have changed my mindset on nutrition for children mm-hmm. completely. So one is called Feeding Littles and the other is called Just Ingredients. So two wonderful educational pages that talk about proper nutrition for children so that they're at their optimal level to learn, to grow, to do all of the things. So that's full fat foods. (laughs) I, I give my daughter, she wants butter. What? Sure. Butter, (laughs) butter her up. (laughs) I mean, there are, our brains made of fat. So we need to, we need to continually eat the fat. So that our brain can function properly. So that's kind of a radical thought. I You're just digging all kinds of holes today. No, I could really go off here. <laughs> you could, right? <clears throat> so, d- are you implying that maybe the our traditional pyramid of of um, nutrition is maybe inaccurate? Is that the implication? I <laughs> Way hear? to put me on the spot. <laughs> I am not a nutritionist, <laughs> but i I do try to give my daughter a well rounded. Mm-hmm array of foods but also I'm totally like if I'm not going to fight her on something here's here's this snack that you're probably shouldn't be having <laughs> but <laughs> parents get desperate right. at times mm-hmm. <laughs> so no I do the best that I can trying to give her a variety of options but ultimately it's what she wants so but I do think that you know cereal for breakfast is probably not a great idea what? It's too much sugar. It's sugar. What are you too talking about? Sugar. That's what they want. <laughs> I mean, there's literally marshmallows in cereal. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. When your chocolate turn or your milk turns chocolate at the end. Yes. There's a problem. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah. I, I've been lately digging deep into oh. the uh, the dark web of uh, and once you know it's medicine really hard, and nutrition. It's really hard to mm-hmm. think back how you used to think yeah. like. 
all of the food dyes and the fake sugars and all of the things that you learn about and then you're just like oh mm-hmm. and then you get into this little gas station where you your child needs something and there's nothing <laughs> that right. you want to give them and you you just feel conflicted so you have to be prepared mm-hmm. and pack things and i'm definitely always have snacks in my purse <laughs> would you consider yourself um ocd at all oh yes very much very particular <laughs> do you need like straight oh, lines and an equal organization or are you okay with some chaos um prefer straight lines <laughs> or should unless, we ask your husband to see yeah, what he says <laughs> unless i purposely put it a little okay. out of order and maybe like an artsy type of Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> no very particular um which which is hard mm-hmm. in the realm of being a parent and being an educator because children ultimately like they do what they want and you're just kind of there so it's hard to be particular and want things to go a certain way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I asked you 16 questions before we got here and you were like... <laughs> and you know what my answer was? Just show up. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a better conversation that way. Uh, BlossomSD.com yes. is your website. Yes. And that's where everyone should go to find you. Now, is all the social medias connected to that? Are all the social medias connected to that? You can get to my Etsy page through there. Mm-hmm. Um, my Instagram is blossom and play. Okay. So a little, I had to figure something else out. So many people have Instagram handles that include mm. blossom. <laughs> is that your Facebook as well? Or Facebook is, that... is blossom learning through Ugh. play. <laughs> Thank you social medias for making it hard. I know. I really tried to get them all on the same wavelength. That's why you got to just guide everyone to your website. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> Will you ever uh, go out into the YouTube world? No. What? No. No, that was kind of a confident no. I mean, there are people for that, and there are mm. people that enjoy that, and I'm just, I just don't <laughs> picture myself doing that. All right. I'm not going to say no completely, I guess. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would do a podcast before I would done get on youtube <laughs> so for what it's worth the studio was designed as a community source okay resource so if that's ever something you want to explore the room is available sounds great so a little plug there <laughs> you have um, to you that's have right to. <laughs> uh com is our email address or website i mean where you can find all the shows that originate out of the studio um and kind of an idea of what the project started out as. It's this this podcast specifically has morphed into a much bigger product over the last well since January. Um, it's crazy. We've had we've talked to people from around the world now, I've and heard. it's it's kind of wild just to think that from from this town we can talk to the world now in mm-hmm. 2021. It's fascinating. Yeah, social media. And even just Instagram Mm -hmm. in itself. I mean, I have learned so much from Instagram. There are numerous accounts out there for children activities, parenting tips, toddlerhood. (laughs) I mean, social media can be a huge benefit and you can reach a lot of people. So it's really cool. That was the next thing on my list. Give me (laughs) (laughs) the problems that you see with social media in society 
I mean, there are clear benefits, as we clearly we, benefits we, we can yes. see. But um, what's the downside? It can make you feel like you're not doing enough. It really can, mm. and it can make you feel like things need to be picture perfect, which. Well, as a photographer, I I would yes, which, I, yes, that's what you want. Yes, but <laughs> but every average yeah. person mm-hmm. is not that not that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've really had to learn a lot about taking pictures myself, just on my iPhone and. Mm-hmm. For my business. Um, But anyways, back to social media. I mean, it can definitely look like one thing, but be another. So even though I post all these fun activities and (laughs) what I'm doing with my kids and (laughs) all all the things that I know, I have days where I like don't plan an activity Mm -hmm. at all and I check out and I'm not on my phone and I try to have a good healthy balance because if I'm on there too much, it can, it can be overwhelming. And as an example of what's not reality, if anyone follows my Instagram at VPD Studio, um, there was a picture a couple weeks ago of tropical, like (laughs) green, lush palm trees. Yes. What they don't know is that was from the tram window leaving the airport to where we picked up our car. Perspective. (laughs) The moment after, like as, as we got to our destination, it was a monsoon. (laughs) <laughs> downpour like water standing in the streets rain okay so that's just a good example of yep. it ain't reality yes. now it was for a brief moment brief moment <laughs> yes. and i might have tweaked the picture last just anyway nope i get it that's the but but it was fun for me because it, it, it's fun to toy with people that way like <laughs> oh look perfect not perfect <laughs> yes you know if you knew what was going on around that's like glass in front there's crap everywhere so but it looks cool i can totally relate to that because i will post you know, this perfectly like curated picture <laughs> right. of my toddler playing with this safe play mud. And that's what I posted last week. And everyone was like, you're such a fun parent. And while I like to think I'm fun, mm-hmm. I also like my OCD kicks in. And then there's just mud everywhere. And it's like in places I didn't picture it going. <laughs> and now there's a bath that has to take place. And there's all these things that come with that, like 25 mm-hmm. minutes of fun play. There's all this extra stuff. So I'm hosing off the deck, you know, telling my child, <laughs> right. telling my child to get back inside. And cause I don't want her help anymore. Right. She's helped me enough. Mm-hmm. And so there's this pretty picture and it invites people in to maybe think of how they're going to do that activity. So to me, that's where the fun part comes in, but then there's also this whole reality side that it's messy, it's frustrating, it's all the things that y- <laughs> you don't get from just looking right. at that pretty picture. So, yeah, I there's definitely good and bad things to social media. So the bad side of that is if people see that and presume it's real, mm-hmm. which I guess that's our tendency until we understand and know the difference. Yep. Should there be disclaimers? Do we need trigger warnings to say, hey, this isn't real? You should you should be able to picture that <laughs> this kid's activity is probably going to go south at some point. Um, and that if it you have your own children, you will. If you have your own children, yes. Um, I sometimes throw the disclaimer out there and I'm just like, this is not going well. Mm-hmm. And I want people to know that because as a viewer myself, sometimes I'd like to see that that side where it's like more of the behind the scenes feel okay so that's a pretty picture but it didn't really go well so sometimes i throw it out there just because i know that other parents like me Mm -hmm. need to hear that but i don't think we need to put warnings on everything no well we have a a new family portrait product that we do um and 
it is I mean the my family picture on the wall over there is one of them. <clears throat> it is a totally fabricated shot. Mm-hmm. Every person is photographed separately in that. But you end up with a scene. Okay. The upside is you get everyone looking right for a piece of art. And that's what it is. It's not a snapshot in time. It's a piece of art. But oh. because of that, you know, it, it feels it feels somewhat dishonest. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's neat and everything. But it's, you know, the 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 final result is is what you're going for. And I think that's the same concept. And as long as you understand that it's you know, we're we're creating a memory or a, a, something to go back to. It's yes. not as, I, I don't know, I, I guess it's okay then. Um, I really pushed back against Instagram for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now it's the only social media that I prefer. And it's mainly because it's, it's so image-driven. Mm-hmm. And it frustrates me when people use it for other things now because like, that's not what it's for. Stop posting your, Im- your picture of words. I don't want that. Yep. <laughs> Put an image. Yes. Or a video, something, because it's image heavy. It's supposed to be. Yep. And so in that world, like just what I do, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and and I hate the idea that we have to explain away the realities of life a little bit, because it it feels like it does <clears throat> imply that people don't have the ability to comprehend. Mm. And maybe we don't anymore. Do you think we're losing that ability because it's so? I mean, social media is just everywhere. I mean, heck, little kids I saw the other day, eight years old with their own phone. That's nonsense. I know. It's it's starting younger and younger. So I, I don't know. Is there an answer? Or is it a rip the Band-Aid off? We just got to cut the cord. <laughs> Come on. This is when you can wax philosophical. No, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's... That there has to be a balance, and that is the yeah. hardest thing. And there's there's benefits and there's downsides, but starting them younger is, I don't think, is a great option. What are your thoughts on the Montessori model of school? Oh, well, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the Montessori world, mm-hmm. the Montessori method is what I base most of my things on. Um, Technology. The concept is learned by doing, right? Is is that kind of a really simplified version? Yes, and letting your child explore in a natural way Mm -hmm. and having things not be forced. Um, So it's very freeing for the parent and for the child. Um, But technology does not play a part in that, and that's like deliberately. Yes, um, like screen time is not recommended for children. Mm -hmm. And I mean, as long as you can, which. Is so hard, <laughs> especially mm-hmm. when you live in the Midwest and we have long winters. So mm-hmm. at yep. some point, I mean, <laughs> I'm just like stuck in the middle of, I believe in the Montessori method so much and I'm so passionate about it. And then on the flip side, there's this, just this way of life here in the Midwest and Montessori is not super common. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to adapt. And so I do things a certain way in my own household. I do not expect them elsewhere. So um, I actually learned about the Montessori method from college in my training. And Was it looked at as a positive or negative? Positive. In that setting? Positive. Really? Or are you talking about tech? No, no, no. Oh, sorry, sorry. The Montessori method. Like, oh, yes. Is, is that looked down upon from the, the higher education world? Um, 
I don't think many people know about it, honestly. Really? I think it's really popular down south, east and west coasts. Mm-hmm. We have, there is one there's in- There's one in Sioux Falls, I think, right? Yep, there's one in Sioux Falls, the Bondec one. And then Montessori Pier, I think there's school. one in Pier as well. I did not know that. Yeah, because we've got some uh, family friends, well, clients awesome. of ours that went to that. And I know there's some in the cities and mm-hmm. once you get into Minnesota. Um, so it's just, it's a newer concept to people, I think, even though it's been around for 100 years. Probably longer than the way we do school is. Yes. I would think. Longer than traditional <laughs> right. education. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it's just this, it's very freeing. And I that sounds like chaos with children. But as long as you set limits and boundaries and, you know, the parent educator is still involved mm-hmm. in kind of controlling the environment with real, without really letting the child know. So... You set up your spaces in a certain way. You only set out certain activities, but then ultimately it's their decision on how they use everything. So um, I call it a yes space. So in our house, there's not much that my child can't touch, play with. I mean, parents put out like this pretty decor thing and then you get mad at your child right. 15 times for touching it. it? Well, it's then. so pretty and it's right there. Mm-hmm. So... Just setting up their spaces so that it's meant for them and whatever is out is just just knowing that it's free to play with, I guess. <laughs> so do you, what are your thoughts on setting boundaries and how do you enforce them? Um, children are very smart. You literally get all the frou-frou words out of there and you just say, here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> here's what you can play with. Here's your space. If you start to use it in a way that mommy doesn't like or that is harmful to someone or harmful to yourself, I'm going to remove it. So, I mean, just being very clear with them. Like, until you play with this the wrong way, you can have Mm -hmm. it. But once it gets out of control, mommy's going to take it. And... (laughs) If, and they will. They will fight back. And it's really <laughs> hard to not just... Especially when there's three. When there's three. So <laughs> it's really hard to reason with a child who is in the thick of a big emotion. Should... Are children reasonable when they're that age? Um, they can be. And I know that sounds silly. <laughs> because we we view children as these things that should listen to us, I think. <laughs> um and at some level, they should, right? At some level, we're their parents, we're guiding them through life, but um, they do actually know what they want to do. Mm-hmm. They're just not sure how to communicate that. And so I think the respectful thing to do as a parent is to really try to figure out what they're saying, what they want. Um, even if they tell you exactly what they want, they're not sure what words they're using. So no. even if they say, Mom, I want an apple for snack. And you give them an apple and they have a meltdown. That's maybe not what they thought and they were asking like, for. And you're like, what are you, what do you want? I gave <laughs> right, you an apple. Right. Do you want yeah. it sliced up? And then you cut it and then they're mad because mm-hmm. they're, they yeah. don't want it. Mm-hmm. They wanted a banana. Like they are still <laughs> figuring life yeah. out, but they, they weirdly, like mean, on the backside of things, they know what they want. So there's a lot of trial and error. There's a lot of guessing, a lot of checking in. And I, um... I call it, I try to be my child's narrator. So I am constantly talking to her, telling her what we're doing, what the day has planned. Um, And not telling her what we're doing as in like, I'm planning your whole day and this is what you're going to (laughs) do. Not in that way. I'm just saying like, 
yep, right now we're playing. In a little bit, we're going to have snack time. Just preparing her mentally that things are going to change in about 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. We're going to go and leave the play area and have some snack time. And it's not always the case. I, I mean... In the Montessori method, I mean, there doesn't have to be a set snack time. If she's not hungry, she's not hungry. So mm-hmm. there's a fine balance of I pr- try to provide these things for her, and if she says no or I'm not hungry, then I just respect that. And you know what? She's not hungry, so I'm not going to force it. Okay, so what's your thought on dinner time and children refusing to eat? <laughs> just from my parental experience, mm-hmm. I don't have education in this field. Oh, yes, um, you do. You're a mom. I'm a mom. <laughs> It is, it's sad when they, they don't want to eat the meal that you just spent an hour Mm -hmm. trying to make for them. Um, I, when I said earlier, I gave her a variety of things Mm -hmm. that also includes me putting like a dessert or a treat in with her mealtime. So I guess sometimes in our society we, oh yeah, when you're done with your meal, you can have the Mm -hmm. dessert. Like that always comes after the meal. But I've figured out if I kind of let her have it whenever she wants, things go a little bit smoother. So if she's going to eat a cookie before she's going to eat the spaghetti, I'm cool with it. Because if she's hungry enough, she'll... So then what happens if then the cookie gets done? Okay, I'm done. I'm full now. What's the response? Then she ate a cookie for supper. (laughs) So so you're not a short order cook, is what you're saying? Yeah, I'm... And... She can make requests, but I'm not going to sit and stand mm-hmm. in the kitchen and just continually cook until she... <laughs> How did you want those eggs cooked? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. And I always try to I always try to prepare myself that... like, So I will ask her what she wants, and I will try to do that. But there might be some meltdowns in there. And just, I'm so sorry. That's what you told mommy. So next time, well, you can tell me a different way. Here's what you actually wanted. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Mealtime is interesting because... I mean, to get a child to just sit for mealtime is hard. So I let her stand, walk around, freely come and go as she wants to. And how does that play out in when you go out into society with them? It's and very hard. Because you know, that, that, that's my <clears throat> my dilemma. Mm-hmm. Because you know, you have this idea. I, mean, I was raised with a certain level of table manners, mm-hmm. and you know, when you're with a group, you act a certain way. Yep. Now, whether that's because that's what our families did or our society said, you know, there's all kinds of factors that play into that. Um, and one of the things that as an adult being in public and then observing, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's hard to watch when there's out of control, um, children yep. in, in, in a group setting, because like my, my upbringing says they should be in control. Yes. No, and not because they're they're at dumb and they need to be you know controlled. Yep. But they should have the uh, understanding of where they're at, and that requires certain activities. You know, you go into church, you don't act the same way you do when you're on the playground. Yeah. There's certain things that we do if you're sitting at the table. Um, well, we just had a conversation yesterday with our kids. Um, when you meet someone new, how do you respond to them? Mm-hmm. If they introduce themselves and ask you your name, what do you do? Do you look at them? Do you turn away? Do you hide? Mm-hmm. You know, so we're we're still learning that. And we've got, you know, almost 12-year-old and a 7-year-old that we were talking to. Yep. How do you do this? Yep. Um, so is there a level of, let's call them societal norms in the manners world that we need to focus on? And at what level? So it's different from 
it's different for generations. I mean, totally. My parents, I mean, they they raised me a certain way, and now I'm kind of going this way, and I'm sure they're like, "What is going on?" And they definitely, they were the best parents, and I would say that they let us do what we would we wanted to until it got out of control. So mm-hmm. I try to have that same mindset sometimes. Is that my child wants to get up from the table and walk around. That's fine. I'm sure she doesn't want to sit for 30 minutes and right. listen to my husband and I talk about his work <laughs> from the day. Like, that's not exciting. Right. So I totally get that she mm-hmm. doesn't want to sit there and eat with us. Um, and in a public setting, their their senses are so overwhelmed that no wonder they're freaking out. I mean, there's usually background music. Mm-hmm. There is, all the people in the room are talking. There's dishes clanking. Think of all the little noises that are compiled right. into a restaurant experience. And then parents are talking louder across the table to try to have a conversation. Also managing the baby, pulling everything <laughs> right. off the table. And then your toddler not yeah. wanting to sit there. So for them, it is just like a sensory overload. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, outdoor seating is preferred <laughs> we also get the check immediately so that we can leave Just go when you at need to. <laughs> any point and we won't get called we won't get right. cops called on us um but i think it's really hard to have those expectations of younger children to just sit at a table mm-hmm. uh, if i see my daughter getting antsy my husband and i oh you want to go for a walk we'll just walk around the restaurant mm-hmm. with her i mean maybe she's curious about what is this place and like what's over there so I think there's a good balance of just trying to like put your child or put yourself in your child's shoes of, oh, I'm supposed to sit here at this restaurant with my parents and do what they tell me to do. But also I'm curious and also I want to do things. Mm -hmm. So I think there's just a respectful balance there of there's society. There's ways that society wants you to handle situations at the dinner table, especially in public. But you have to just kind of like (laughs) block them out, do your own thing. Your child may freak out, and our complete last resort is to give her the iPad. So we are, (laughs) we have, we know that we've tried all of these things, and then finally we're just like, okay, well, the food's not ready yet, and we have to be here. We have to be here for twenty to thirty more minutes. So here's the tablet, and so we do have tablet time. We try to reserve it for those special moments where we just can't parent anymore. (laughs) <laughs> Does that potentially cause issues then? Because then it, it, it trains the child to know if I keep pushing and pushing and pushing, mm-hmm. I'm going to get what I want. I, I can see how that would be a problem. <laughs> um, I think that as long as we are controlling it in the way that when she's begging for it, we don't give in. Yeah. Um. So it ultimately mm-hmm. ends up being our choice. Yep. Um, I'm so sorry that you want to play your <laughs> right. tablet right now, but that's just not going to happen. So... It sounds like the whole Montessori lifestyle sounds very free and mm-hmm. just go with the flow and there's like, there's no pushback from kids, but it's still real life and you still have to, right. you have to take every circumstance and kind of work with it. So. It does kind of seem though, in just from the outside that I've seen, that the, the model of parenting in today's society prioritizes the child over everything else Mm -hmm. is that appropriate i mean especially at i mean when you have an infant they can't do anything you Mm -hmm. clearly they're going to get the priority 
but at some level, don't children need to know that mom actually prefers dad over them and dad actually prefers mom over them? I mean, you're, you're, it's an interesting, it's interesting that you bring that up because, um, like your spouse should come first. So in the sense that the child is everything and it's all about them, it is to a certain degree, but the parents come first and respect for your spouse comes before your child's needs, I think. Because if we're not being the best parents that we can be, our best individuals, then it's going to be really hard to be a parent. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know if I answered your question, but... Well, like in in our my specific marriage and life, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> it's very important for me to model to my boys, I have three of them, that I value their mother mm -hmm. before them. You know, when I come home from work, the first person I talk to and touch is their mom. Yes. And I will, I love them. I will, uh, just a second, I'll, I'll be right there. Yep. I need to go talk to your mom for a minute. Yep. And that to me, what it does is it models to them how they need to be with their wife in the future. And that to me is, is paramount to, 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 ex to show, you know, I'm not telling them, all right, children, stay away. Dad's not talking to you. You know, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. But I want to, the, to model for them mm -hmm. just to, and it may be a 30 seconds. The point is I'll find her give her a kiss, hi, I'm home, then we're good. Yep. And we do that exact same thing mm -hmm. when my husband comes home. It, even if our toddler is like hanging on his <laughs> leg, he is like, I'm saying hi to your mom. Yep. We have like a good little moment mm -hmm. where we're just like, hey, you're yeah. yes, you're yeah. home. Let's, let's mm -hmm. reset. Let's regroup and then get into the evening portion of life. Yeah. And then it can <laughs> but, go crazy from there. It doesn't matter. Yes. No, I definitely think it's important for parents to be on the same team mm -hmm. i mean that's what a little family is you're just a little team and yeah. but mom and dad are the captains of the team so <laughs> at Excellent. some point <laughs> yes letting your child feel comfortable in this space mm -hmm. to know that their feelings are valid what right. they want to do is valid i mean we brought them into this world we can't just make them do what we want at some point we have to well, they're individuals. Controllably guide mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Well, at, at <laughs> without what, at what letting point? them know that you're guiding them. I mean, because because there yeah. will be pushback if they're mm -hmm. oh, mom wants me to do this. Probably not going to do it. Yeah. So, if you just casually set something out and be like, oh, I've never seen that before, and then your child's like, what? Like, mm -hmm. just nonchalantly, just be like, oh yeah, yep, totally set that activity up all morning, but it just appeared there. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I didn't do that at right. all. <laughs> yep. So you have it's so so then parenting is deliberate. Yes. It's not just a fly by the seat of your pants. You need to think it out and actually plan some things. Yes. Yep. Especially especially for the OCD moms, the over planners, <laughs> the I mean, that's right up our alley, but still things can still just mm -hmm. happen. But I am finding out or I know that the more I let my child help me with things, even if I don't want her help, mm -hmm. which is really hard for me sometimes, especially cooking. <laughs> But she has just like found this love for helping in the kitchen. Really? And it can be frustrating because there's a chair in the middle of the room and you're trying to go from the sink to the stove to the fridge and you're working with knives and heat and it's really hard to have a child in that setting, mm -hmm. but she just loves it so much. So so how important is, um, you think thinking of control of the children mm -hmm. for just, and, and then safety? Yes. Because I... In, my thought is I need my children to respond to me instantly because if they are running into the road 
Yep. And I can't physically touch them. I need them to respond to my voice. Yes. Because they're going to die. Mm-hmm. So and see, and that I think is the balance that I've seen. Because you know, you you watch the the free parenting model, which is I mm-hmm. let them do what they want. Mm-hmm. Then it gets dangerous at some point. Yes. You know, you go to the stove, you find a knife, put that down. No, that's fine. And then they do something dangerous. Where is that balance? And and should safety be prioritized in certain age ranges? So I completely know where you're coming from. <laughs> and when our child is running towards the road and we're just, we just, hey, stop, or we mm-hmm. say their name, um, that's when we should reserve certain words just for that moment so that they know that we mean business. So backtracking, and what I mean by that is... Um, like, how often do parents say no or mm-hmm. stop all the time? They're touching something in our house we don't want them right. to. Stop. Hey, no. <laughs> so that becomes meaningless. It becomes meaningless. It becomes something that they hear so often that when they're running towards the road, they don't see the danger in it. Mm-hmm. And mom's just like, hey, stop. <laughs> like, probably a little <laughs> bit more aggressive than that. Right. But um, so saving those like special words when you mean business. Mm-hmm is key i think so instead of saying stop touching that could you please put that down just rephrasing things and i make that sound easy but it's not i mean in the moment you are just like no please stop what you're doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but it's taken me years of practice of trying to rephrase things so that my child knows what i mean instead of just using all the this same little vocabulary for all areas of when they're about to be in danger or when we're just kind of in the living room. So kind of differentiating what your words mean. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you were talking about knife safety in the kitchen, um, allowing children to experience even the dangers Mm -hmm. within reason with a parent guiding them so cutting themselves a little bit? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, starting out with like a simple, like a super safe knife. Butter knife, yeah. And mm-hmm. letting them practice on things so that they get that hand control. I mean, when you're littler, you get those like cheap kid scissors that can't cut anything. Like yep. they barely cut paper. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially, I mean, those scissors are dangerous. Mm-hmm. They can be really dangerous, but we get to work with them at a really little age. So... And we get, just get, we get to learn and grow with them. So I think the same thing for kitchen utensils and heat. I mean, just, and it's all just talking to your child about it. Mm-hmm. So this is hot. Mommy's going to, mommy's not even going to touch it. So yeah. I like, and showing her that I'm scared of it so that hopefully she'll kind of, I, I mean, I'm the model for what I want her to do. Mm-hmm. So there was a uh, book written years ago that I read before I had children. And I think before I got married. And one of the, the examples the guy used was allowing the kids to get hurt a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, under their super. And that sounds horrible when you, it's like, yeah, no, I'm hurting I mean, them. No, but you allow them. So, yes, there's a stove that maybe is on super low. Mm-hmm. And so, you, you know, you know that it's not going to harm them. Yep. But it's going to cause a reaction. Yes. And so you allow that to happen so they can get that instant learn. Yep. response you make it a learning moment and mm-hmm. you give a brief explanation and yep. i think the shorter the explanation the better and 
not like and not having an overreaction right. i guess so yeah which is really also really hard as a parent because you just want to mm-hmm. keep them safe totally. you don't want anything mm-hmm. to happen to them but also at the same time yeah we need to let things happen well and there you know there are examples when you have to make a snap judgment um in this <laughs> building upstairs there's a back about 12 years ago we just remodeled and there's a, a outlet on the floor with metal covers so it closed mm-hmm. supposed to have a lock on them well, I came around the corner and my oldest, who was almost 15 now, but he was much younger than, had a screwdriver and that was open. And he was beginning to dig in there. I kind of lost it. And I ran over there and shoved, like threw him out of the way. Yep. And, and I was like, I hope I didn't hurt him, but he's not dead. <laughs> so, but, but it was the, you know, that moment that I needed him, you know, I, my response was he can't die. Mm-hmm. And I needed him to know that's not okay. Yep. Now he doesn't shove knives or anything into outlets anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but it is those. There are times. Um, Jordan Peterson, you know who he is. He's a psychologist from Canada. Uh, nope. He wrote a book called Twelve Rules for Life. Okay. Uh, one of them is do not let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. Okay. Just off the top, what do you think about that? Because the, the the premise is if you don't like the way your children behave. Mm-hmm. other people won't either yeah that's an interesting <laughs> viewpoint um do not let your children do the things that you do no that make you that not make like them you not like them okay um so if someone's you know snotty talking back throwing things down you know you, you become irritated with that now yep. it's one thing to just you know over and over certain things you know yep. why 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 that's not that's not what this is about i think children get into that zone when they're not being respected and that it's an interesting viewpoint because I feel like (laughs) there's all of these ways that people should think they should parent or think other parents should parent but when you're in the thick of parenting and (laughs) your child is asking you why five Mm -hmm. times I mean it's usually happening when you're you're trying to do something productive you're in the kitchen cooking and they're pulling on your shirt like mommy why 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 (laughs) (laughs) and i think instead of just like pushing them off or thinking that oh my gosh they're annoying me right now like stop what you're doing get to their level answer their question answer their question because Mm -hmm. then they will stop asking why because when they're just asking why and we're like oh because well they don't know what that means and as a parent, like we know what's going on, we know why things are happening, but children don't, and that's all. They're just yeah. they're just trying to figure it out. So, so then a, a, a goal I've heard the other day, I read an article about, you know, things you should do for healthy children, mm-hmm. and one of them was answer all their questions. Yeah, and, and I think that's huge. And it's time consuming. Yeah, and sometimes they will ask <laughs> the same question in multiple different ways, and you're like, oh my goodness, I just answered <laughs> right. that. Like, <laughs> and so it's sometimes it's exhausting. I mean. Parenting is mentally exhausting, mm-hmm. but I think it's important to model those conversations for them and just sit them, just be like, hey, this is why that's happening. And then they'll, they'll ask why again, and you'll come up with another valuable reason of why things are <laughs> happening. And it's just this cycle that continues. Yeah. But I think the more that you do it, the more you practice it, the more respectful your children are back to you. Mm-hmm. And in those moments where they are bothering you and you're doing something, it's totally acceptable to just be like... I'm so sorry that you're curious right now. This is not the time. (laughs) But mommy has to do this thing for two more minutes and then I'll be done. And even though they don't understand the concept of time, just letting them know that I'll be with you soon. Well, And and that's a good lesson to learn to 
delayed gratification. You know, yes, sometimes you have to wait for things. Yep. Not responding to them instantly. Mm -hmm. I mean, there has to be a good balance of it all. I feel like I've said balance like 10 times, but (laughs) I I think it's a good word to use. Yeah. It's just, it's a constant ebb and flow Mm -hmm. of give and take and it has to go. It has to be from the child and from the parent. I mean, we're all on the same team. We're all just trying to live in the Mm -hmm. same household and have it be enjoyable. (laughs) Do you think there are, or have you found uh, good pre-parenting resources? Because I haven't, there's not much that I've found out there. That That's a really good primer to, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're going to have a family. Mm-hmm. Here's a great starting point. So I didn't read anything pre-parenting. I just kind of, I mean, there's nothing that really can prepare you for full-on parenting. But some resources that I would suggest that I found after I got married, after I had children that I've, I do wish I would have had in my pocket beforehand. Um there's a book called the Montessori toddler mm-hmm. and she also has I a sense of theme here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's also audio, audiobook mm-hmm. podcast. Um, and that, I mean, she just goes through situations of what activities your child should be doing at certain developmental stages because there's ages, but then there's stages. Mm. Um, and just kind of knowing how to prepare your environment for a child. So Everyone tries to make their environment safe, but there's just some extra things that you can do um, that are more educational based. Um, and then just like learning how to speak to your child. I'm, I mean, it's very common for someone to walk up to a baby and just say, "Oh my goodness, it's baby talk, <laughs> baby talk," <laughs> and it's cute. And it only happens every so often. Yeah, it's cute for the parent or for cute. the adult. I mean. Yes, and it gives them that uh-huh. satisfaction of seeing a baby, and they're so cute. <laughs> But from the parent side of it, if we right. talk to our baby like a baby all the oh, time, man. I mean, it would take them so long to figure things out. I mean, so just mm-hmm. when I sit down with my nine-month-old and we're playing or reading a book and most of her play right now is just putting things in her mouth and that is totally normal. So making sure everything in her environment is safe to put in her mouth, safe to play with, mm-hmm. and just a, a variety of different options for her. Um, because her, and then her attention span is like five seconds for the most part. So going from one thing to the next. So keeping like a toy rotation in mind. And I feel like I could go off on all these little wings (laughs) of conversations. Um, but back to the resources for parents, there's a lot of stuff online. Um, and, but I would recommend the Montessori toddler book. That's where I started. And then they actually just came out with the Montessori baby book. So that will... Seems backward, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a little backward. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's this, there's just this whole range. Babies are just there's so much unknown, mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of things we know. So I don't know. It's just years and years of learning. Yeah. <laughs> but as for, like I just mentioned, the toy rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that just to keep things new and fresh? New, fresh, without having to buy things mm-hmm. all the time. So most people have plenty of toys, plenty of things for their children to do. <laughs> and what mm-hmm. do we do? Buy more. Well, no, we leave them all out. Oh, right. And so even as adults, we see the same thing every week. We eat the same foods. We do all the same things. It gets to be routine, and it's not as much fun. So toy rotation has been huge for my toddler where I can tell when she gets bored playing. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want to play with any of her toys. What do I do? Take them all away. 
and I go to the garage and I get a big bring box a <laughs> and I bring in a whole new load of toys and she's just like, look at this. And some toys she remembers that she's had them before and sometimes she doesn't. And so they seem new and fresh and fun and she plays so much better for probably two weeks mm-hmm. and then I have to do it all over again. So it's constant. <laughs> so that's a lot of work. It's not as much work as you think. <laughs> well, well I'm, I'm thinking of the, the selfish nature of us oh, as people. Yes. That's a lot of work. Yes. So at some point, we have to be willing to put ourselves away. I mean, it, especially in the formidable years. Mm-hmm. And, and understand that, you know, yeah, you know, the, the mom and dad are priority. We get that. Yep. But during this short period of time, we have to focus on making sure that the children are getting what they need. Yes. It doesn't mean that we dump our spouse, but nope. it means that, that we do change a little bit because yes. they're going to leave. In At a some few point years. they're going to not they're not going to need you anymore. Right. So yeah, there is a there's a very sensitive age range where you you have to mm-hmm. put a lot of focus onto your children. Um and it's easier for me now that I've become a stay-at-home mom because I have a little bit more time, which not much. I was actually expecting to have some more <laughs> free time, you know, yeah. and there's just none. So um <laughs> I make like the toy rotation sound easy and mm-hmm. all of these things. But all that being said, I'm home. Yeah. So for a working parent, these things might sound stressful to cram into those three, four hours you might get with your child after you've, you're home from work for the day. Um, so my encouragement is just to take a Saturday morning, go through all their toys. <laughs> Box them up. Box them up. <laughs> Organize them. And then just take out a few things, yeah. put them on a, a nice, clean, simple shelf just out in the open for them to grab and keep things on rotation, es- even books especially, mm. books. I mean, your child might have a favorite book. Keep that one out. Mm-hmm. But for the rest of them, I mean, I have like boxes of books in our garage. And every so often I just take all the other ones away, bring in a new <laughs> box. And it's it kind of like feels like you're going shopping yeah. in your own garage. Mm-hmm. So it's... It gets fun at a certain point if you get into a, a good rhythm. But Interesting. <laughs> well, Brittany, where can people follow you? The best place to f- keep track on, uh, keep tabs on you. So. If you want that, maybe <laughs> not. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my personal Instagram is mm. Brit- just Brittany Poland. And then from there, it'll link you to my Blossom and Play Instagram. Um, it's Instagram where you tend to be. Yeah, that's where I like to yeah. hang out. I'm more like the picture person, mm-hmm. just like you said. Um, Facebook gets a little interesting sometimes, so I do have um, I do have my business page on Facebook, but it's everything I post on Instagram, and I post on Instagram stories more mm. than anything. Mm-hmm. So you'll be able to find it all if you just go to Brittany Poland. Brittany Poland yep. on the Instagram. <laughs> uh, BlossomSD.com is your website. Yes. And uh, from Etsy- there, you can get to all your socials also, correct? Yes. My Etsy shop is Blossom and Play, so okay. it all kind of leads into one another. Is so. that where most people should go to to buy things that you do, Etsy? That is mostly just for my sensory kits. Okay. And then I have, I have another realm of toys that are on my um, website. Why is that not on Etsy? Um, Etsy's a little bit more of like what you make. And there's some mm. stuff that I sell that's just more of like on the retail side of things that I don't make, but I want people to still have in their, um, their load of toys. So. You also have a, a Amazon page of things, correct? 
Yes. So I. Your favorite things? I have you a like list. Like Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a list of all of my Amazon favorites, mm-hmm. and that's on my Instagram page. Um, and that's categorized by fine motor, gross mm. motor, sensory play. Is that an affiliate link? It is, yes. Okay. Yep. So you want to help support Brittany? I'm a little, it's a little controversial that, that oh, I have an Amazon right. link, but I'm also a small business owner. But it's so cool to see all the small businesses on Amazon that people don't know that are small businesses. Well, yeah, a friend of ours in Austin, Texas, he's a knife manufacturer, like kitchen wares now. Mm-hmm. Plus, they've got some new things coming out. They're going to be wild. Um, they've got patents on a couple uh, oh, that's cool. products that they're sourcing uh, right now and custom 3D printing models. It's really cool. Wow. Um, and so we've got some crazy connections there, if you... Sweet. Uh, but they are the same way. Like, Amazon is... It, 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 it's the new It's the mall. gateway to reach everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But as much as we hate be- it, you know, <laughs> because of what it is, it, it's the new, uh, mm-hmm. the new place to go. It's the new shopping center. Yes. It helps people from mm-hmm. everywhere find yeah. your little shop, which I think yeah. is really cool. So, But yeah. I'm not on Amazon. No. <laughs> I do have a list of favorites for them. Though. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Um, we certainly will do this again as your kiddos get older. I think it'd be fun Sounds to great. revisit some of this. And who knows? Maybe you'll start your own show. See if that my, could be fantastic. See if my parenting styles are panning out for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. If it works. All these I'm things, out. Yeah. I didn't all mean these any things of it. that I believe in. We'll see if they work out. I mean. <laughs> right. <laughs> but see, that's the joy. You get to do that. So. Brittany Poland, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Brittany, for joining the show. This is the interview. BlossomSD.com is the website to find all that Brittany does. Thank you so much for listening. Ymailbank.com is our website. Thank you for your support. Tell your friends about us. Uh, Like us on the Apple Podcast Store. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening.